Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. And in the studio this morning, he's back, he's out of hospital, he's been fishing all week, well, for a couple of days anyway. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Pat. And I've done some magically, uh, some magic this week on the maths, on the math side of things. I'm a, magi- I'm a mathematician. Mathematician. Yes. Magician. I've done some numbers. Go. What, um. I'm usually I'm only good at counting bag limits. It's a whiting. <laughs> but I've done some good yes. work here. Well, you, you how much are you going to spend on your next boat well, or what upgrade well, you you're putting still in won't, your boat? You, st- you, still won't, you still won't tell me if you're playing this week against the Gold oh. Coast. <laughs> so I'm trying to do some numbers. Last week before the Cats, I was so angry at you for pulling out of the game. Not because you pulled out. I'm glad the team won without you, but... On sports bet, yeah. all my, all my bets, all my bets got voided. You know when you could have done it a ten minutes earlier. <laughs> you know when, like, so after a game, right? If you know, there'll be plenty of our guys that'll have like finish with nineteen touches, for example. So yep. they finish with nineteen. I know exactly what you're talking and about. They kick a goal, or they have twenty and don't kick a goal. The amount of vitriol and abuse that you receive after That's- a game, and. They're not um, supporters calling up and saying, you've lost us the game. It's, you've cost me my multi. Could be $1,800. <laughs> exactly. I've had plenty of people cost, you You owe me two grand. If you ever kick out from full back, make sure you leave the square because it counts as a touch. <laughs> no, I didn't cost you two grand. You put 10 bucks towards it because you're a nuffy. Let me finish my story. I'm going to lose my maths. Yes. Was, uh, whenever you're on 19, get 20. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> my maths is... You play your 50th game in a few weeks, or add another 250, so your 300th game. Yes. You pulled out because you didn't want to play your game against Gold Coast in Metricon in front of seven people. You want to play at Skilled Stadium against West Coast with a packed cat supporters for your 300th. That's my maths, because if you play two more games, you're now on 300 at the skills, at GMHBA, I should say. Got me. I've nailed it, haven't I? So you pulled out for that. You just didn't want to play in yep. front of eight, in front of seven or eight people at Metro. Me. I was going to fly up to the Gold Coast to watch it for you to support you. Well, now I can just go fishing up there. <laughs> been some good, been some good catches, captures off the Gold Coast. Tweed fishing pretty well. Those outgoing tides, brim fishing well, Redmond. Hey, let's get <laughs> let's get to a bit. Let's get to some. Uh, hey, good to have you in the studio, by the way. It's good to be back. And thanks for not feeling dying. much better. Thanks I'm for slowly dying, but I'm feeling much oh, better. I don't worry too much about that. But um, thanks for not dying because it, it. Do you know how hard it is to host the show by yourself? Like it's well, nice, especially to have, when I've been carrying it for a long time. <laughs> it's nice to have someone to bounce off. You even wrote the start of the show up today, so you must have been feeling. I've sorry actually for done you. something a little bit. Four by four news: the media embargo. So, as in media, you're not allowed to talk about this, has been lifted on the new Ford Ranger Raptor and the reviews are out and it's safe to say they're a glowing endorsement of the brand's foray into performance four-wheel drive and that sector. Would you buy one, Aaron? They're six grand more than the older models and the general consensus amongst this has been, oh, it's good value, but you're looking at something around 80 grand 
before on roads. Now, this is where I get confused. This is the Raptor now yes. that Joel has. Yes. So this the- is the off-road terrain Raptor. So it's not the Raptor that you can get in the Ranger version. No, correct. No, I wouldn't buy it because it doesn't have any purpose for me. You can't tow with it. I thought that would be the You answer. can't tow. So, and I'm not a massive four-wheel driver as such. So it's great for the aspect of uh, all-terrain. It's a great car for that. And they look great. They're nice and big. They look tough and they are tough. You can hit a um, like a car park speed bump. You don't have to slow down. You can just keep going. <laughs> so that's why Joel didn't know he nearly hit me during the week. <laughs> but it Does, doesn't have great form there, in the car, Joel. I, I think, is he no good? <laughs> Is he shocking? He got that little speeding fine, and I, well, I mean, literally went a little bit over the speed. Was that a long time ago? Yeah. Oh, we shouldn't bring it up. Anyway, he's a bad role model. <laughs> I think he's had too much good stuff said about him lately. We've got to bring him down back to <laughs> bring earth. Bring him down to earth. It's a good point because, as great as it as it is, great yep. driving car. I look at it and go, well, I would buy a wild track simply because. Of the towing capacity of it. Yep. It's three and a half tons versus the Raptor, which is two and a half. Now, if towing isn't a big, you know, that's not your be-all and end-all, then it... The odd tip run isn't going to hurt you. It is the best... Um, All-terrain. It is the best ute that the country's ever seen. Yeah, but it just doesn't have that towing factor. But we have that Ford F-150 coming that I want to buy soon. So, hopefully... It's an, inter- it's an interesting call, isn't it? Like... This has been so well received for so many different reasons. It's it will be the market leader. Nothing will come close to it. Even though it is six grand more than the old model as a as your um, your starting point. So you're looking, you know, high eighties on road. Yet it's gonna it's gonna hit the mark. People are going to purchase this. But Ford F one fifty will hit Australian shores next year. All of a sudden, that'll tow four and a half tons. They've, they've positioned themselves in a, in, a, in a you know a pretty solid. Sector of the market, haven't they? So, um, can only happening in the full drive. I, space. I didn't, it's not written down in front of us, but I just want to throw you a price here. So, Kane, you would have seen on my social medias if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook. He's been fishing with me hard for a long time now. Yeah, good mate, Kane. Now, Kane is Help a, a builder that doesn't do much building, he he is a fisherman. He's really he's covered my ass massively. I'm very thankful for Kane. Now, he's got a cruise craft, beautiful boat. Yep, he bought it for I think $62,000 yes. six years ago. $62,000 six years ago. Wouldn't have gone down. With electronics. Up. Yep. He got it. He rang Streaker Marine, who deal with Cruise Craft. Yes. During the week. And he asked, he wants to sell it. And he asked for a quote on, a, on, where, on what his boat would be brand new. And guess, so $62,000 brand new he bought it for. Guess what they come back with, Streaker Marine, for his boat brand new. What size? Uh, it's an 1850, I think it is. Oh. With a 130 Yummy on the back, I think. I'm saying 130s plus. 96,500 without electronics. Without electronics. So there's 20. So this is for a six-year-old boat. And for oh no! So sorry. So this is for his boat. Oh, I'm talking brand, brand new. new. No, I'm this talking is his. Brand no, 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 no. I'm not talking today's model. This is his. his you boat. are kidding me. And guess how? This is second hand. And guess how much? That market is ridiculous. Yeah, so right. Jake at Geelong Marine World, he phoned Jake up and asked him because Jake sells used boats. Yes. Uh, he asked Jake, "How much could you evaluate my boat roughly for me, and yep. how much would you put it on the market for?" And he said, "Roughly, we're going to start at roughly eighty, eighty-five, eighty-five thousand dollars for a six-year. It's done a hundred odd, hundred hours, say, give or take. That is, re- that is for outrageous. a second-hand cruise craft. That's uh, how many yeah. hours? And there, I great- think it's done a hundred hours. I think it's done a hundred hours. Make no mistake, maybe less. Great boat cruise craft. Not knocking cruise. We're craft. not talking. Yeah, but we're talking about this, the market. This is ridiculous. You should. I thought not, you'd like this. You should not be buying a 
used boat. Uh, used boat so he's gonna. So he's gonna get between seventy five and eighty five thousand dollars. He bought it for sixty two thousand six years ago, and he's gonna get. And Jake reckons he could sell it within a month. That's like looking at the say Stabycraft for example. So if you want a cruise craft, send me a message and I'll put my ten percent on it. Sorry, <laughs> the, the search yeah. on the top. The um, like they're twenty seven fifty at the moment. Oh, you are not getting out of that thing. For less than three fifty, yeah, three fifty, like it's three fifty. Yeah. Like yeah. There, there's, there's only there's one for sale on boatsales.com at the moment. It is three hundred and ninety nine grand. There's a black watch forty, <sighs> I don't a two thousand and four model for two eighty at the moment. That's a forty foot. Like the market's just crazy. Understand. It's just sorry, I didn't mean to distract you from your beautiful run sheet that you've set together, but I thought you'd like that. And it was sort no, of relevant. Like it. No, I like it. Now, we've got a massive show of Real Adventures coming our way this morning. After the break, we're going to wrap up what's happening around the country. We're going to go in-depth with Victoria. South Australia fishing really well. East coast of Australia at the moment is a fascinating uh, look with some of the tuna being caught. The yellow fin still fishing really well. Uh, we're going to chat to Benny Jones, a.k.a. GT Buster. Now, Benny actually caught up with Ricky Stewart prior to last week's game. Now, for those- Soccer coach? For those of you unaware, uh, tennis. Sorry, Ricky may have gone uh, a little off kilter in a post-match press conference, uh, labelling a an opposition player. I think it was a weak gutted dog. It was it was ruthless. But we had a great, we have a great chat with Benny. We're going to chat to him around that, and also after uh, one of the great trade shows, Redmond. Benny's going to talk to us about all the new products that are there, uh, and where we're at as an as a market as Australia. You know, are we are we leading the charge? We're keeping are we, up? Are we behind the Yanks? You know, there's plenty plenty there to to delve into. So we've got a huge uh, episode of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. If you want to join in the conversation, then make sure you send us uh, direct messages on any of our social pages. Uh, we love to to. You know, joining the interaction. If you've got a cruise craft to sell us, you know, send it in. Aaron will whack his ten percent uh, surcharge <laughs> on top, and we'll find you a home for that. So massive show coming your way this morning. We'll see you on the other half of the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time to find out what's biting in your part of the country. All thanks to Jayco Sydney. Go on your next adventure with Jayco Sydney. Redmond, let's start in Victoria because the first signs of Portland barrels are beginning to appear. What are you hearing? Yeah, there is. It's really, really good signs because those fish just held off Port McDonald for such a period of time. Usually we see them push to, to Portland or we sometimes they bypass Port McDonald at times and up at Portland. But not only Portland... I've written in front of you as well there. Apollo Bay is on yes. fire too. Massive numbers at Apollo Bay. So they're a bit more spread out. What, now, what size are we talking though? Are we talking school? Nah. Are we talking barrels? The, big, the barrels. The barrels are there. So back of the rock, there was multiple hundred kilo fish hooked. I know the charter boys all hooked fish during the week. And a bit of, bit of wind around during the week. So it stopped people from being on the water. And once this moon fizzles out, which is was I think yesterday or the day before, and I, what will happen is these tides will pick up. And those barrels should hold. There's so much bait there. Those school tuna that were there were literally they're filling up all day on this bait, and it hasn't moved anywhere, and it's still there. And the barrels will do the same thing. When you talk about the tide movement and those tide changes that pick up, you're talking purely about what it does and how it disturbs the bait flow 
which then turns your big fish on. Yeah, I just believe that on your moons, when you've got your dodge tides, your crap water, your better tides are overnight. So I believe that the fish feed overnight. Yep. It's pretty much like whiting as well. Those better tides for whiting, they they always feed better. Where they're on the moons, the slower tides, they're much harder to catch. There's less yep. water movement. Yep. So I believe that, and you hear about it, you watch a lot of uh, fishing shows, you've got long line shows and whatnot, and they love the full moon for, for fishing for barrels. But they're fishing at night. Yeah. So yep. like it's yes. it's yep. it's different ways to look at it. And that's the way that we dodge, we call them dodge tides. We refer to them as dodge tides. It's where there's either no flow in a tide or there's, I guess, one tide for the day. And generally if there's one tide for the day, there's not a big up and a big down. It's usually like a steady up and then like a real like steady down. Like it's really slow. It's not rapid rises of tide. So that's why we like to get off these moons. And once you're, it's not necessarily when the, specifically the moon is on that day. It's usually the lead up to the moon is when the tides go to crap. And then on the day or a day before, they start to increase. And then they, they taper off, or they get bigger as we taper away from the moon. Western port squid and big whiting at the moment. Yeah, some huge, huge squid getting caught right through Western port, which is great to see. Uh, it's. What are we looking for when we're when we're fishing for them? Well, Western Port's a little bit different to Port Phillip Bay. It's more of that mud as such, and then it has the weed banks on it, and quite often, traditionally, dirtier place, a dirtier water. Dirt has dirtier water, so it's harder to see. Port Phillip. You talk about looking for the eggs. It's obviously harder to see in that scenario. Yeah, well, that's one one thing I want to sort of elaborate on a little bit now. Is it's not egg fishing yet. We're months off that. Where yep. people are, they're a bit. Then you might get the odd patch where you you may get it, like one or two patches, but we're not talking consistent egg fishing. That's why they're not as consistent as you'd like them to be, but they are very good. So you can set a drift in the in Western Port, and I'm going to go into Port Phillips Bay as well. Port Phillips Bay, while we're talking about it, the big squid has showed up down in the Point Lonsdale Bite area, traditionally the southern end of the bay, and it's also the southern end of. Western Port, where those big ones are hanging around too. And what they'll do is they'll just... In Western Port this time of the year, will be more consistent than Port Phillip Bay. But if you get onto them in Port Phillip Bay, a nice patch of them, that you, you will get your bag limit quite quickly. But it'll take a few drifts to find where they are and you'll just chip away at them. And they're going to be big. Like I went during the week, I fished with Lee Rayner and his, and his little tinny during the week. What did you think of it, that boat? Because we've, we've spoken to Lee before. No, no absolutely, about absolutely stupid. I told Lee it's the stupidest thing. I don't want to stand on a canoe. I, I, I like the I like the sides of my boat. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. I was a bit. I hadn't been in a tinny. It's a four eight five crossfire. And nothing against the boat in itself. I, like it could have been any any boat. And I you I'm want not, a bit I'm bigger. Not, yeah, I just when you, you, do you there's a show on Netflix at the moment. It's called it's a new one, a kids show. And of course, I have got a young fella Finn who's obsessed with the ocean, and it's called Sea Beast. And the other day I took Finn out. I've seen that. It is, it's good. Yeah. And you know when Sea Beast comes at the boat and you see the ripples coming? Yes. We're heading out the river the other day and a tinny passes and Finn puts his head over the side and goes, Sea Beast coming. And I laughed because it's the movie. Well, I'll tell you what, when I was in Lee's tinny, all I thought about was Sea Beast when we're sitting over the sides and they only come up to halfway up my shins. So it's, <laughs> it's I don't know, I'm, I'm, I think I've grown out the tinny, tinny aspect of it when you're in the middle of Port Phillip Bay, right next to the Port Phillip Bay heads. It doesn't do it for me. Good on you if you like it. I don't. <laughs> Just don't quite have the heart for it. All right, let's... Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling to live as it is. I don't need to make things harder, Pat, in the tinny in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Offshore gummy shark and school shark before we get to the rest of the country. It's fishing really really well at the moment. Had a crack a week on, and we spoke about it a little bit at the start of the show, but, uh, yeah, great week on the gummies and school shark. As, as we approach that moon, the schoolies got really active. 
and there was plenty of them. They fished really, really well, and some big ones too. And we've spoke so many times about them being nicer, nicer eating. And I gave you some flake during the week. I'm not sure if you've eaten it yet, but uh, half the team did. So that uh, <laughs> that, um, that went down well. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Well, you put on a performance uh, this afternoon for me, and I'll be happy. <laughs> it's uh, offshore gummy and school shark. And the reason I say it is, I find that the school shark is a cleaner eating fish. Than you've always what said this, I, and I still, I still yep. stuck with it. You've always said this, and. And during the week, I cooked my, I baked mine during the week because I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier. So I kept it out of the traditional batter that we like to do. And I did a dirty butter sauce, which was probably no, not as good. We love a, that. We love the butter and garlic cooked sauce. Cooked in butter, you can't go wrong. I cooked it in a nice garlic butter sauce pat with some veg and it was beautiful. But I'm still going with the school shark being the cleaner eating fish. Let's head to New South Wales. Now, there's been some really good sized bluefin. Uh, Bateman's Bay this week has fished well on stick baits. And it's the first run of bluefin on the southeast coast of New South Wales. Well, we think, in terms of reports, Redmond, they've been a little bit spasmodic around yeah. there. And you sort of go with what you know. But it's good signs. The reason I state the question mark there is the fact that the long line has been getting them, but they've been out of reach for the wreck guys. Yeah. So it's like a, one of those things. But are they going to move in in big numbers? Because that we haven't seen that traditional June-July run or bluefin on the southeast coast of New South Wales. Now, which, those longliners are fishing how many, like 100 uh, plus kilometres offshore? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's not something out. that's within reasonable reach for trailer boat anglers. They, yeah, you'd want to be keen. Let's put it, <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, you're not taking, so you'll probably see me out there next week. You're not taking Lee's stacer out there. No, for Lee, and yeah, you know what? Okay. Lee Willie loves his little boat. I uh, just want to mention the yellowfin too. Still a good run of them. Some good gummy shark fishing too. Now, we never talk about gummy shark fishing when we push up to the north parts of the... Or shark fishing in general, Pat, up yep. the north coasts of Australia. But Mulloway fish, Mulloway fish out of Sydney have been getting bycatch of gummy sharks on the beaches, which is great fishing. And people have actually started to say, I know why the Victorians keep them now, because they're beautiful eating. Yes. They are a great eating fish. So if you are targeting Mulloway on the beaches, make sure that you keep your eyes open for a gummy shark too and do keep it if you do want to feed a fish, because it is beautiful to eat. And of course, if you don't, chuck her back. WA, while we're on the Malloway front, North Mile land-based this week. Majority of the fish are over a metre, and they're coming oh, okay. in just over a metre. Just right. over a metre. Yep. And it's, it's land-based sort of sand into a rocks area. And I was looking at some videos during the week, and I went on... Uh, Google Earth. It's weird how we can do that this, in this day and age. And, good and reconnaissance I, I checked. You. I had a, I had a good suss of the beaches there. There's some great gutters along that reef. So uh, great great place to fish down there, and you can use squid or you can use a live mullet up that way, and it works really well. The snapper fishing off Frio, Jazz Charters still doing their thing. They are just on fire. Eight kilo. Every single day he's bagging the boat out, like and big fish, and he's having no dramas middle of the day. So... Great fishing in WA there. Heading to South Australia? Yeah, York's is on fire. Talking of fire, York Peninsula. Uh, the Whiting Front bag limit captures consistently most days. Some really good-sized fish in that. And we're talking South Australian Whiting good-sized fish. So yep. your forearm sort of thing, or in your case, my your <laughs> lower torso, which is the size of a Let's just go normal. on my foot. I do have a big foot. <laughs> you do have a big foot. A normal person's arm. Uh, Port Mac is still humming when it comes to... Yeah, they're still there. ...the full-size southern bluefin tuna. Uh, lures and dropping baits have been working really well, Red, and I want you to talk about this because once you get them going, dropping baits into fish that are moving up and in and out of 
these schools, it's a really exhilarating way to fish for these things. Yeah, it's a great way to fish when there's boat traffic too. So when there's like 1,500 people trying to trawl on one spot of bait, but where... Which is what it's been. Yep. And yep. it is a great way. It's effective. But not only that, it's a great way when the when the fish go down and you're still marking fish but can't get a bite and you're still using your sounder and you're marking bait, the fish will be down below and you've just got to position your boat on top of them and drop your baits down. You can use a sinker on one and free, free swim the other one down and that's how I've caught a heap of my fish this year. Uh, the Scamander is fishing great after the heavy rainfall pad in Tassie. Uh, brim are really chewing well. Plastics and prawns working really good. And then the Derwent, it is on fire after the rain as well With on the trout, trout front. Yeah. Huge browns and rainbows, like proper 10-pound stuff, even bigger. So really good fishing in the Derwent. Uh, rounding us off, uh, Queensland Crackerjack Fishing Charters have been getting their clients onto some phenomenal fish, fishing off Lucinda, uh, Jacks, Barra and Fingermark. Uh, around the target species and all really good size, which is great to see. That wraps our, uh, what, we, what do we call it? Whip around. Whip around. The country. Finding out what's biting in your part of the country. All thanks to J.K. Sydney. Go on your next adventure with J.K. Sydney. All aboard for Dometic. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack and go. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Our special guest this morning is Ben Jones, a.k.a. GT Buster. Good morning, Ben. Morning, mate. Morning. Now, we love following your videos, Ben. Nothing gets us more exciting than just how nuts you go when chasing a big giant Trevally. But you've spent last week at AFTA, which is one of the, the great trade shows uh, around our country. What have you learnt? What have you seen? And you did a few presentations yourself as well. Um, mate, I, I got round to a few of the booths and uh, seen some of the new uh, new things. The Shimano's booth was right dead set in front. It was the was the biggest booth in the whole joint. So obviously uh, there were some interesting things in there. Uh, some new, reel, new reels coming out, which were really cool. Uh, from Shimano, the and the new lures that they've got coming out, there's a couple of swim baits in the Bantam series. Uh, I've used a couple already on the Murray Cod, um, which are which are interesting. It's always cool to get the new swim baits out and have a look at those, or glide baits as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, some uh, new gear out and about, I suppose. In terms of what we see at after and then what you know gets produced and you know we, we walk into our, our tackle shops around the country... Are we in line with the with the rest of the world around new technology? Does it take a little bit longer to get into Australia? Obviously, it's a space you spend a fair bit of time in now, given what you do. Where are we at as an industry in Australia, do you think? I think we're a long way ahead. I've been over to ICAST a couple of times in America, which is a massive trade show, and it's really cool. Anyone gets the chance to do that, make sure you do it. Um, but... I've been over there before and not to put the Yanks down if any of the Yanks listeners are out, but uh, they're a little bit behind, I think. You know, but us Aussies, even though we're a little bit smaller as a country, uh, or a lot smaller as a country, but I think, I think we're a long way ahead. Talking to a few of the other anglers that have been to Japan, we're a little bit behind the Japanese market, but they seem to be ahead of everyone. Sort of the, the, some of the stuff that they come out with is, um, you know, unbelievable. But from an Australian point of view, I think 
especially uh, from our lures and those sort of things, I think we're a long way ahead of uh, uh, most of the world anyway. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's surprising to see, and it's and it's good to see the young anglers that that, that come through as well. They they really sort of push the boundaries and they want to try new things, which is sort of I don't know. When I was growing up, it was just put mm. Philly on the gangs and go and chase a few tail on a snapper. So. With, uh, regarding COVID, now we don't want to talk too much about COVID, but obviously there's been a lot of interruptions with boat shows and whatnot and fishing shows and after being one of them. Were you impressed by the show in itself? Did it actually put on a show? Like, was it actually was it actually worth going to? Now, I was unfortunate to miss it, but I wanted, I actually wanted to go. Like, I was looking forward to trying to get there because I hadn't well, done it. seeing people in the industry again, well, isn't and, it? Yeah, and just even, like, seeing the new products and whatnot, was it actually exciting to be there? Because normally, let's be honest, Pat, boat shows can be a drag at times, especially when you've got to be there for a few days. Was it actually enjoyable being there, Ben? Uh, it was, and I think, uh, like Patrick said earlier on, it's, it's 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 catching up with people in the industry as well. That's exciting, and then also seeing some of the new gear that's around. It's it's good to get around, and I, I know the boating shows what they're like, and you sort of see a boat, and you see another boat, and you want yeah. to walk through it, and some of them are way out of your price range. But with fishing gear, most of it's in most people's price range, so you can sort of. You can sort of picture yourself using it if you, even if you, it's a little bit like going into bunning. So sometimes you sort of look at one thing and then you look at the other and you think, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. So it's just, it can rack up the bill. But I mean, it's, um, it, it was great to catch up with a lot of people in the industry. A lot of people you haven't seen for a couple of years. And yeah. I mean, I, I haven't been around it forever in a day, but it, it was definitely good to see um, a fair few people there. What about in terms of, your personal fishing journey, Ben, what have you got in store for us for the remainder of the year? Obviously, it's something that anyone that follows you loves the energy that you bring to fishing. Uh, what have you got for the remainder of the year for, for those that follow you? And, and, and indeed, you know, Cast Mag, which is something that you're heavily involved in. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's been a little bit of a tough year for me. It's, uh, my day job, I'm, a, I'm actually a financial advisor, so I'm not a professional fisherman or anything like that, even though I wish I was, but uh, it's been uh, tough now on the day job. Can I so stop you there, really... Ben? Seriously. How can yep. you be a financial advisor and a fisherman? <laughs> that's the, stu- that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's where my... Well, I'm, I'm tight with everything else but fishing. <laughs> but fishing. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Anyway, that's relevant. Any of the husbands out there that start to talk to me about fishing, and then they say, oh, "I've got a little secret account. I always keep that for the clients." So that's that's not too bad. But it it has been tough. Where it's been a little bit challenging. So I haven't done as many trips as I'd like to, or what I usually do. Um, but I, I did a trip earlier in the year, which was really interesting, and I I love Cape York. But this was even more special. It was out to a little island called Murray Island or Murr Island. Right, it was 180 k's northeast of. Uh, the tip of Queensland, and it was uh, actually the home of Eddie Marbo. So that yes. I mean, there's a whole heap of history around Eddie Marbo and land rights and those sort of things. So it's really cool to go out and see the people there. Um, so friendly and laid back. Probably too laid back for my for my liking because uh, once I got there, all I wanted to do was fish, fish. and nothing <laughs> nothing was organised whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I went out with the boys from Busby Maroo, a, a small Australian band who were kicking some goals here, Thomas and Jeremy, and we had an awesome time out there. But the thing about Murray Island or Murray Island is it's only eight k's from the outer reef. Um, 
and anyone seen any of my videos, I that's my favourite place to go. Anyone says, "Oh, where do you want to go fishing?" Out of reef, out of reef every day of the week. Out of Great Barrier Reef, it's like reef top down to 200, 300 metres, just like directly within casting distance, and it's just home of big fish, big dino trout, doggies. We we experienced a lot there, even though a lot of stuff we didn't land. But it, that that was an awesome trip out there, even though the little plane ride didn't excite me too much. So uh, that <laughs> that's terrifying. The little plane ride. I hate plane rides. Oh, I hate plane rides. I don't, I, yeah, shit myself. But <laughs> um, uh, that that was an awesome trip. But for the rest of the year, I've got nothing penciled in. There might be another Cape York adventure or two um, coming up. So I've got. I've got a big plan in the back of my head. What I want to do is take my little uh, 17-foot sportsman all the way up to the top of Cape York to Seisha, um and do something similar to the Back to Basics boys. I'm not sure if anyone's followed their adventures, yes, but yep. one, one of the boys, Azza, there, he took uh, took his boat from there across to Papua New Guinea. I want to go from the top of uh, North Queensland there across to Murray Island in my little 17-footer and do it solo. So. Yep. I need a weather window for that. <laughs> I need to do some heavy driving uh, by myself, but um, that's the the dream run before the end of the year, and um, maybe a, a, a sort of a um, best mates and old man trip up to Cape York. So, why solo, Ben? Why do you want to do it solo? Like, it's a serious question, because I'm one. I I can't stand fishing by myself. It's one thing that I don't enjoy is fishing by myself. Why? Why would you want to do a trip like I that solo? I wouldn't want your own company. Either. No, I'm. Oh, no, either would I. <laughs> but in um, some seriousness, why solo for you? Well, I'm sort of. I'm. I'm in my early forties now, mate, and uh, I suppose you get a little bit stupider as you get older. But I, I just. I've always liked to uh, challenge myself and, and get myself out of the comfort zone. I did a trip up to Cape York um, a couple of years ago and sort of did a little sort of video episode on YouTube. Yeah, but, I, I seen that. It was uh, great. Yeah, so I went up there for five days by myself and sat on a little island for five days by myself. And the, I thought it was going to be get you know get a bit weird, sort of been on the island for five days by myself. But it was actually really good. It was uh, I never really got lonely. I had the GoPro there. It was sort of like um, what's that movie with Tom Hanks in it? Yeah, Castaway. Yes, Castaway. Yes. It was like Wilson. So you know, like he had the ball. So, he was so the GoPro to was like yeah. So. The, the GoPro was like Wilson at the end of the day, so I was like talking to the camera the whole time, wanting to capture everything, and it sort of, yeah, it, time just absolutely flew by, and I just, I come back from that, and I just felt so good about it. At the end of the trip, I ended up catching a, I think it was a Chinaman on the last cast of the actual trip, a big um, Chinaman fish right up on the top of the flats, a really nice big fish, and, um, and at the end of it, I was just, I was that happy with life that I was tearing up to the camera, and it, it was the emotions were flat, like, and it, and it was just it just felt really good. And now now I've got that little bug. I've been doing little trips here and there for Murray Cod by myself, and I don't know. I just yeah. I just, sometimes I just like being by myself. I suppose it's the hustle bustle of everyday life and the stresses of work and yeah. family and all that sort of stuff and you get away by yourself and do something like that and you, you sort of come back and you challenge yourself and it, yeah, it just feels good. Speaking of work, now you are an ex-NRL player. If we can talk footy for one second. Not footy, I can't call it footy. Did, yet, but... did, you, <laughs> did you happen to catch Ricky Stewart's post-match press conference during the week? 
Mate, I, I did. I, I felt for the bloke. Was, uh, yeah, was, um, have you ever, obviously, as a professional athlete, I have never heard anything like that from a senior coach at oh, any even stage. I've seen this. I did see Is he? Yeah, he called I, him a dog or something? I've never seen anything like <laughs> it. As an ex-player, like, were you floored by it? Um, I wasn't really. I mean, he, he's an emotional guy, uh, Ricky, and I mean... I suppose the way of the world now and, and younger society, they look at things like that and with the social media around, people are fairly touchy about things and, yes. and there's obviously some personal connections to this and some personal background to it. And, I mean, it was a couple of lines at the end of the day, no one's really hurt by it. I mean, you know, there's going to be some speculation to what it's all about. But I met, actually, I met Ricky a week before that for the first, well, I've met him before, but not really sat down and talked to him. And I was down in Canberra the other day and I actually, you know, had a yarn with him. I was just getting shown around the new Raiders headquarters and he, he actually, look, I just said hello to him and he came out of his office and was really welcoming. And then he, and then he actually, um, I had my daughter and my son with me. He actually invited us into their video session. Before they played the Titans that week, so which I mean, is extremely most, unique in itself, even for ex players to be brought into something like that, where you know teams are so protective over their their IP. So that's pretty unique in itself to to be brought into that. Oh, it was such a good experience for my kids, and like I was so appreciative. I, I just couldn't believe he did it. Like I, I was walking away, you know, going down the stairs to head out of the joint, and he sort of he yelled at me. He said, "Benny, come back up here, mate. Do you want to come into the video session with the kids?" And I went, "Geez, the head coach of the Raiders actually invite me in to watch their private video and have your kids experience." It was just, and that's the sort of bloke he is. People probably don't see the kind fellow that he is but he is so passionate he, he voices his opinion and, and it was a bit it was, it was definitely half and the, the wrong thing was said in front of the camera and the wrong platform but but it's an emotional I mean, game got, oh it is it's emotional and you, you know what it's, it's just like fishing the other day I, I always say it all the time but people you know carry on at each other and everything in the fishing industry and they, they also do it in footy and, and AFL because People are passionate about it. People love it, you know, and people love fishing. It's the same thing, like, about fishing spots and there's always carrying on. But people, the good thing about it is people, it just shows their passion and their love for it. And, you know, that, and that's, the, that's the good part you've got to take away from it, I suppose. And, and Ricky's obviously sticking up for his players and, and, and he always does. You can just see he just loves his players. Anyone that sort of goes and plays under him, he loves his players. So, you know, it's someone you want to play for at the end of the day. I think that's why people love following you when it comes to fishing as well because you show that passion that we all can relate to. Hey, Ben, thanks for your time this morning on Real Adventures and, and talking about a bit about after but also your insights on the game as well. Thanks, mate. No worries at all. And can I just give a quick shout-out to Aaron? Just sitting there, mate. Uh, I seen your post on the socials, mate, and uh, signed up for the biggest donut life. Yep. Um, I know you've been a bit quick lately, mate, and uh, you're sort of back on the men. So uh, big shout-out yourself, mate. I thought that was a, a really good post, and hopefully uh, more people, you know, join on to the uh, – uh, what's the what's the actual – Donate life. Donate life. So yeah, it's a, it's pretty easy to do. And how long did it take you to sign up, Ben? 
Mate, two minutes, yeah. not even. Yeah. It was it was that simple. Um, it's basically tick and flick and, and throw a few details in and uh, and you signed up and, and and you can really sort of you know save someone's life. You know, keep good blokes on the earth like yourself. Sorry to give you too much for a rat moment, but no, uh, pre- yeah. no I uh, take what I can get and I'll pay you later. So I appreciate I, appre- I do appreciate I do appreciate that massively. That wasn't actually set up, so thank you very much, Ben, and that's uh, much appreciated for doing that. And if anyone else can help out. Please uh, find a way to do so. That was all aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. It's time for Reg Review, our product review of the week. And this is something that is valuable to everyone because we all have these pesky little things that we are glued to that are our phones. But when it comes to storing them, particularly in the boat, these are brilliant Redmond. Something must be wrong with yours because you've always got it in your hand and you never answer. <laughs> or is that just me you don't answer to? Anyway. You have to, well, no, you got me. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today. Aaron, have good scream. Blocked call. Scream. You know, actually, when you call me, you know how you can have like a picture of someone that's oh, the identification? It. You know what yours is? Then please don't say it's that donate life photo. That everyone else, everyone else has gone uh, with me. No, it's not the donate life photo that I see in the urinal when I go uh, to an airport. It's, it's just, it's just red. It's just a red circle. Simple but effective. Sorry, I've really taken. <laughs> you told me I've only got a short amount of time for this. Red's re- red review for the week. Quadlock Marine accessories. Now, there's different versions all through the Quadlock. Now, if you want to go on there and check out their full range, Quadlock com.au and I'm just going to talk about the marine section. So, type in Quadlock into Google. We know how to do that. Love that. Top left, hit the hamburger. At the top left, the bit that has little lines there, they refer to it as a hamburger. Do you know that, Pat? No. You hit I'm, the ham- I'm, I'm learning as I'm listening. Hit the hamburger, then hit marine. And then once you hit marine, it'll take you to the marine section. And then as you click it, Pat, this is how easy it is. What this is, is an item that you can get for a charging port, but this is actually just the holder in itself. There's nothing worse than on a boat than having to put your phone somewhere and not having control. Now, there's your- Do you know where mine generally ends up? On the floor. Yeah, at the back. Yeah, which has happened by water. multiple times, literally, because you leave it on seats. It falls off. Oh, can you ring it? Oh, wasn't it ringing? Oh, it's, it's full of water. It's in the build, <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's in the build. So this is extremely handy, but not only just for like where your phone is, but also doing things. Now, if I'm coming at, coming in from a trip from a Polo Bay, and I want to listen to music. I'm trying to change music in my pocket, trying to turn it up and down on the edge of the phone because you don't want to reach down to your sound system or up to your sound system. Yep. You can literally have it in front of you and once it's fixed, it can you can use your hand around it quite easily because you can rest it on the side of things and whatnot. Yep. So it's an accessory that holds your phone when traveling. It's quad lock. Now, the reason that I like this one is you can actually build your own marine kit. This is what I like. Now, I'm literally doing this in front of me here. So first of all, yep. it's the headpiece. So you can check... You can. Uh, choose the headpiece that you want to purchase. You can get a basic lever head, which has a dual stage lock. Which so what's the headpiece? The part that goes around the phone? or So you get a, it's actually got a charging head too. So it can come with a function that you can charge your phone too. But the main reason that I like it, it's this one here, which is $109. It's waterproof. Yeah, so if I was which is to a select, must. So if I was to select that, it's yeah, you bang, waterproof. So you select your head. Then you add a power option because it's because you want to add it to. You can either run it through a 12-volt USB, which I'll do because it's simple, just yep. $49. You can select an arm, which is your accessory that actually moves so you can function. It doesn't have to be – you're only moving like – it might be a two-inch arm like because you, you want it fixed to the dash nice and tight. And this is so secure, this item, to hold your phone. It is great. It's not like a magnet. 
say. No, it's not a magnet. That can pull off. No, no, it literally locks around your phone. So this is the arm adapter. You can get the dual pivot, you can get the knuckle adapter, or space, and you get spaces to go into it to make it bigger and do whatever. So I'm just going to go the dual pivot, and then I'm going to select a base, and this is the actual bit that attaches to your boat. Yes. As such. Yep. So you can get your flat rectangle, flat. Re- uh, you can get adhesive ones as well, which I... So if you don't want to screw into it? Yeah, I'm all for screwing in for this sort of stuff. Um, adhesive is good, but at some point it's going to let go. Yep. Just, they just do. So it depends how many adhesives. So the adhesive ones, you can pick them up for $19. You might just get three or four of them. Yep. And they'll last you forever because they are good. I've if you've got I've aluminium, people... for instance, and you're worried about either yeah. electrolysis or 100%. Whatever. That'll work well. Or you can get such a simple, effective thing as a bar clamp, yep. so which yep. is just nice and easy. So I'm just going to go bang here. I'm just going to hit flat, flat rectangle, and it'll add all up to you. But not only that, you can choose your phone that it caters for too. So I've got an iPhone, so I hit that, and then you hit add to cart, and it's come up to $200. Yep. Now, you might think that's a lot for a phone charger, but what I've done there, it's a phone, sorry, a phone holder. What I've done there, it's actually a phone charger and holder, and that's going to save me $1,000 of possibly losing my phone over yep. the side falling off the seat into the bilge or whatnot and I think it's a great I guess purchase to actually have on a boat to save you thousands of dollars for 200 bucks I think it's worth every cent we liked it and what is it quadlock.com quadlock.com.au and uh, they're Australian built and they are in the marine section which is when it says marine usually it's built for marine which is a that sounds dumb but it's a massive aspect of it in the saltwater game yeah well, it's the difference between the quality of stainless steel that you use, all those sorts of things. 100%. That is Red's Review, our product review of the week. Plenty more real adventures after the break. Red's tip for Anaconda. Anaconda just got a whole lot bigger. Don't miss their Adventure HQ grand opening celebration. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Yeah, I've got me gaff. You got your gaff. Can you not talk over... Like when we're coming back from an ad break... Well, when you do a run sheet, so what I tend to do is I fill it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our run sheet, and I do, I do the run sheet most weeks, and you, you were nice this week. All right. Even though I did half of it. Red's tip for the week. When you are going to sell a boat or purchase a second-hand boat... And we pro- we're actually going to talk about um, purchasing a second-hand we're boat. We're going to do it today. today's show, time. but we're going to have to we're going to have to turn that over for yep. next week. So I just, stay tuned for that. I just want to say, like... Get a registered boat builder, mechanic, or mechanic. whatnot to go over the boat before yes. you buy it. Yep. Because old Bob down the road could be selling you something with stringers that don't work. And it's five, <laughs> it's 500 bucks. Literally, what? it's the best money you'll spend. Like My brother's been doing a bit of it because he's a marine mechanic on the engine checkups and whatnot. And he has saved people some serious dollars on the... Um, the compression in engines, like all sorts of things he saved people on. So just spend the money, like 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever it costs. I was going to say, so it's between 500 Yeah, it's going to cost, depending on what you do, and then obviously if you do want to go with the purchase, you might, you probably would get that person to fix it because they've got that relationship with that engine, I if guess. If there's anything that needs yeah, to fix that's it. that's right. Or and ho- in, in, hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely something that I'd be doing. That's Red Tip for the week. That was Red's Tip. Don't miss Anaconda's Adventure HQ Grand Opening Celebration. Flying Gaff, Patrick, where are you taking it? Uh, well, our great mate here at Real Adventures, Benny Cunnington, is back playing AFL footy this week. Mm. Now, he, like yourself, has had some serious health battles uh, over the past 12 odd months. Yeah. A bit more than that for Ben with with the the cancer challenges that he's had. Uh, it is just bloody sensational to see him uh, running around again at AFL level. He's one of the great humans 
Ben. And he loves his fishing, loves yep. his outdoors. He's got a great little farm. Down great little there. family too. Yep, yep, down um, down the Otways. So as a friend of Real Adventures and as a friend of yours and, and mine, we love seeing Benny um, back out playing AFL footy uh, and, in, and enjoying that side of, of life for him. So the flying gaff, is it's a good gaff this week. It's a keeper. It's one of those, it's like when you... Fixed it, it's going home. You know, the 120 kilo southern bluefin tuna, it's a keeper. And Benny's certainly that. He pulls, so. He'd pull like a 120 kilo tuna. He I might go a bit more than that. <laughs> they don't, he's the bull for, you know, for, for, for many reasons. Been a phenomenal player. So great to see Benny Cunnington back in that North Melbourne lineup. And you can listen to all of the footy on our uh, SEN AFL Nation coverage. Redmond, this has been Real Adventures. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.